everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am McLovin. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your host, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, Netflix watchers, you're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin, and we are breaking the mold. Only shooting stars break the mold. I've heard that somewhere, (laughs) but I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe I could put my finger on it if my fingers were in like the shape of an L Mm -hmm. and possibly fastened. To my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they say. They say that that's the best way to to figure out if shooting stars break the mold. Yeah, it's honestly hard to keep track because, you know, things start coming and they don't stop coming. Yeah, it's true. So how can one keep up these days, these crazy times? It's it's tough to, to know, but the the meteor men, they, they beg to differ. <laughs> How do they know? Are they judging by like the hole in the satellite picture or something? <laughs> Bro, the ice we skate is getting thin. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what they say, you know, it's it's summer. It's getting <laughs> hot. The water's getting warm. So you should probably just swim. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> the world's on fire. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and how about yours out there, swampies? Yeah. How because about your world? Yeah, tell us about your world, because honestly, that's the way I like it. It never gets old. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, we're all stars. Yeah, we should get the show on and get paid. Actually, we should get paid for this. Yeah. Dude wipes. (laughs) Dude wipes. Get at us. The two dudes wipes. We need like branded merch like that, like some sort of collab. And it has like our scent. Yeah. Uh, like a. Mine, mine would be kind of. I'm trying to think of my musk. Ooh, yours would be a mix of um, hockey puck smell. Rubber. Rubber. <laughs> you, yours, your scent is actually just a mix of rubbers. It's like <laughs> like latex gloves from like a doctor's office. Okay. Um, puck rubber. Rubber puck. Yeah. Go puck yourself. <laughs> and um condom. <laughs> and and yours would be definitely not condom. <laughs> I'm raw, bro. <laughs> I was totally raw dog in it. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> Alright, so I use raw dog as a term out of its meant like context. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, just just raw dog it, whatever. Like just about like anything. It's like, oh, this 
oh, where's the pen cap to this? And we're like, uh, don't worry about it. Just like put it away, raw dog. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And um, but it's a problem because I say it so much that I say it to Logan. <laughs> and like so he he is holding like a donut and he didn't want to finish the donut and he's just like can you get me a plate to put this down and i'm like what just put it on the table just like you don't need a plate for like every piece of food that you eat just put it on the table raw dog <laughs> and then meg pointed out to me like you probably shouldn't do that because he's gonna go to school soon and he's gonna start using raw dog as a term <laughs> not knowing that it's something dirty yeah they're gonna be like, here's some milk. And the kids gonna be like, hey, like, I want some chocolate powder for my milk. Then he'll be like, yo, just fucking raw dog that shit. <laughs> yeah, just raw dog that chocolate pow pow. <laughs> do you ever you ever have in, in like elementary school? Um my elementary school, there was one year where they were like, we're gonna be like environment conscious and not the bags? Yeah, that's what I was gonna do. You have you have the bags? For like a year in elementary school. And I think all of, cause that's common in Canada, but I think Americans are too stupid because <laughs> they got rid of it quick. Cause I guess kids <laughs> were just popping the bags left and right. <laughs> like they couldn't keep the milk in the bag. As a kid, I didn't realize, I was just like, oh, this is weird. Like bag milk. But now I'm like, oh, it's for the environment. And then after a year, they were just like, fuck the, mo- the environment. <laughs> Mother nature can take one for the team. Give me cartons. Honestly, I don't get it because. What helps the environment? Because I remember being younger and being like, like you go to the grocery store, paper or plastic, and you pick. But it used to all be paper, and then they made plastic to save the trees because they were using too much paper for these bags. And then mm. now they're like, get rid of the plastic bags and bring back paper bags for the environment. But I'm like, <laughs> I thought the plastic bags were for the environment. Like, I don't get, they're both good and bad for the environment. They can't both be the answer. Mm. Well, I just looked it up because the podcast is all about bag milk and why. And it says, why <laughs> pouches use 75% less plastic than the average plastic milk jug and are lighter Requiring less energy to ship, the same argument taken with beer cans versus bottles and paper versus plastic bags. And it says the bags are more affordable than bottled competitors. So basically, it was a money decision. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not about the world. It's about the dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with wanting to save the planet. Well, speaking of nothing to do with saving the planet, welcome back to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're doing the Lord's work. But today is a curious case because we're, t- I guess, technically reviewing a comedy special on Netflix because Bo Burnham has come back. We've talked about him enough on the show because we saw Promising Young Woman last year, which he was in, and Eighth Grade was your first duty. Yeah, yep. It's funny because we just talked about your first duty last episode with A Quiet Place, and that same year, my first duty ever given on the show was for Eighth Grade. Yeah, we've talked about Bo Burnham a good amount uh, recently and in the past because we both fucking love him. So you had texted me about like, hey, maybe we could do an episode on inside and you're like i know it's a comedy special but like it kind of is a movie like you can make that argument and i was just like yeah no definitely like it we'll get into it it feels a lot more like a movie than your average comedy special and uh also in general like i've like gone online a lot of like uh movie youtubers and stuff like that have actually like talked a little bit about it 
So I don't think that we're like, I don't think anyone's going to be like, why they fucking do a spe- like an episode on Bo Burnham special? Because if you've seen it, you'll know that there is a lot going on in it. Yeah, dude, there, there's a shocking amount going on in it. And yeah, like, you know, it not being in front of an audience and everything, like maybe if this was in front of an audience, you'd have a harder case. But I think the context of like how it's filmed and we'll get into everything in a minute. But um, I think all of those elements make it something else and it's longer than his other specials are all like whatever 55 minutes this is actually technically qualifying as a like a full-length motion picture runtime yeah this is uh it's like an hour hour and and a half yeah yeah so that counts that count that would qualify as a full-length movie motion picture so i make the argument and we're gonna make the case throughout that it is it may not be classified as a movie but it is enough of a movie for our lackadaisical rules on this show. <laughs> we make the rules anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, fuck the rules. Yeah, and speak, speaking of fucking the rules, we, we ain't doing no trailer park today. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing a trailer park. <laughs> we gotta get that fart in there. Gotta get the farts in there. Always oh, squeaking one out. Oh, squeaking them out, squeaking them in. <laughs> is it in what? Or is it in Make Happy where Bo does that one joke and it's like dramatic music, the lights are flashing. He's in a different place every time the lights flash and he gets up and he just farts into the mic. <laughs> and uh, then he goes, he's like, original doesn't mean good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't remember. It's tough because I actually did go back and watch pieces of both what and make happy um since watching inside i think it's make happy that that one's in but i can't i can't remember yeah he definitely had a lot more like multimedia stuff happening in make happy Mm -hmm. yeah he (laughs) like he really pushed it (laughs) one of my uh i I wouldn't say favorite jokes but just one that i really like he's like this show is like planned out to the sound and then he like finger guns and it goes Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's Make Happy that one's in. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into all of that. But yeah, a fart joke isn't above Bo, so it certainly isn't above the two dudes. Exactly. That's basically how we've always structured our show is below Bo, no go. <laughs> motto we live by. Everyone should live by that, honestly. Yeah. I had no idea he is just like one year younger than us. Yeah, it's crazy. I think because he was so young when he came onto the scene and like was already popular when he was like 17 or 18 or whatever. I just he just always looks younger. And like, I feel like his sensibilities, even though he's only a year younger, feel like he's even younger Cause like, I remember when Vine was a thing and I was like, I don't give a fuck about that. That seems like some kid shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, th- I think that's why I th- always thought he was younger than me. Like, I mean, it, technically he is, but I always thought he was like at least four to five years younger than me. Yeah. You know, it's funny cause, uh, I've talked a lot about Bo Burnham to Brianna and Brianna's never watched anything that Bo Burnham has been involved with except for eighth grade, which like he's not on screen. So she didn't know what he looked like or anything like that. She just knew that he was a guy that I really liked. Actually, we just got a puppy and we were going to name the dog Bo. Why? Because we liked the name. And also I was just like, I fucking love Bo Burnham. Like that was actually wow. why. And uh, 
And then we didn't, the only reason we didn't was strictly just because we're like, oh, Bo sounds a lot like no. And like, if we're trying to train a dog, it's going to be confusing. Yeah. So we didn't do that. No Burnham. No, no. Yeah. But uh, so instead we went with a Star Wars reference for the name. But anyway, she had never seen anything related to his. So I showed her this special because I was like, you got to watch it. And when that song was going on, uh, she was like, she was like, wait, he's only 30. Like she had the opposite reaction where she was like the amount that you talk about him and how like much you like him and his body of work and how great he is. Like she just assumed that he was like someone that was like in his forties already like established and stuff. I'm like, no, this guy, like he's like one of the biggest like YouTubers ever, like from back in the day. And he's everything he does is gold. Yeah, he is. You know what? This will be a good way to slowly transition us into talking about the special. Let's talk about him a little bit. I would love to hate him because he is so good at everything. <laughs> and I hate that, but I love him. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Like, because, okay, yeah, people have done like musical comedy routines and stuff like that, but like he's really fucking good at music and he's really funny. And he's a good writer and he's an awesome director and he acts and stuff like, fuck you guy. <laughs> Stop being so awesome at everything. You dick. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you'd almost want to hate him, but you can't because it's just like, shit, he's so good. Like, <laughs> like you said, everything he touches is gold. It's funny. Cause I actually didn't watch his comedy specials for like a little bit. Like I found out him about him on vine almost by accident. Like my brother showed me one of his things. Like my brother was like, Hey, check this out. I think I've mentioned on the pod. It's the one where he uses the clip from the shining with here's Johnny. And it's like, here's Johnny. And then it cuts to him and he's just sitting on his toilet and he's like, yeah. And here I am just trying to take a shit in the privacy of my own house. And then it just cuts. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I was just like, Oh, this guy's like fucking funny. But like when I was watching, I didn't think like, Oh, this guy's going to be like the biggest thing. Yeah. It just seemed like he was a kid making funny videos on vine. And then like every single one that he did, there was another one where it's the clip where uh, it's like, what's in the fucking box. And it just cuts to him and, and he's eating cereal. And he's like, uh, it's fruit loops. <laughs> he holds up the box of fruit loops. Yeah. But I didn't think he was going to be what he was. And then I remember, watching one of his comedy specials. I was like, damn, he's like really good at this. But he, he like when he was doing Vine and stuff like that, like he wanted, he was doing theater. He wanted to to act and, and write and do stuff like that. So um, I think we mentioned Jonah Hill, like how he wanted to direct and he got into acting. Like it's kind of the same thing where it's like, Bo didn't really want to do these things. He wanted to like do other things. And now you see him doing more of what he actually wants to do. And it's just like, oh yeah, he's even, he's fucking amazing at those things also. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, you see a lot of actors who also are like, oh yeah, have a band or whatever. Or musicians who act. Yeah, Jared Leto is an example of that. But yeah, this is. Um, I just feel like he is doing something very different than like I've ever seen before in terms of like, yeah, maybe he's like multifaceted, multi-talented, but I think there's like an originality and there's like um there's like an intelligence to his work that is very much his own and just on another level that I just respect the shit out of. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of depth. So like his early specials, very funny. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was like, Oh man, love him. He's one of my favorite standups, especially I watch a lot of standup and I was doing standup for a while. And like, he was never somebody who I'd have been like, Oh, he's even in my like top 10 of standups. But then, uh, like his his first special is like wow this is it's really funny like he's really good on piano, these songs are really funny, 
Um, you know, I've seen musical comedians before. Everything was kind of surface level. His like early work, it's like pretty surface level. Some of it was um, kind of shining a light on like the shallowness of like the industry, but it wasn't very deep or an observation that anybody could have made eventually. You know, it didn't it didn't feel very personal. A lot of the songs he was writing and performing. And then mm-hmm. as the specials went on and then what comes out, what was still kind of like that. But then uh, Make Happy, I feel like, was a huge turning point when he started really sneaking in a lot more of who he is into it and getting a lot deeper. And at that point, I was just like, oh, shit, like he's really good. And I'm like, I like how he is working in this insane act, this over the top act. But then like these peaks behind the curtain of who he really is. And now that brings us to Inside because this is his most recent right after Make Happy. Well, not right after five years later. But this is the most personal. I feel like it's as real as you can get when it comes to like a quote unquote comedy special because it feels like you're just like trapped in this room with him throughout it. Yeah. I mean, just going back real quick before we get onto the actual special, like I, th- I think Bo Burnham actually is my favorite comedian. Um, I mean, you're you're that's much more your wheelhouse as you used to do stand up and stuff like that. But there's I've mentioned like recently, like I uh, I've been on like a kick with like the Lonely Island. Like I love like comedy music. And so like all of that, like really resonates with me. My first band in high school was actually like more of like a comedy band. So all of his songs I love, but as far as his like comedy, I love his wit and his wordplay. And then also like you were saying, he has a lot of jokes that are brutally honest about different things. And he's actually commenting on something. And, uh, I feel like a lot of comedians have like this disingenuous way of, like they'll tell a joke and they'll be like, Hey, listen to this crazy thing that actually happened to me. And then they'll like tell this ridiculous, like remember when uh, we were in high school and like Dane cook came on the scene or whatever, oh, yeah. everything he said, I was just like, this is so fucking phony and like just stupid. Yeah. And like a lot of like Bo has a lot of things in his special that are like planned. And like, definitely he, he said like, I'm a hypocrite. Like he's very self-aware of certain things, but he, he's also just incredibly honest with a lot of stuff. And I, I really appreciate that because it's like you're giving me a joke and I'm laughing, but also that joke is very thought provoking. And I always just I've always said, I'm like, I feel like Bo Burnham's one of like the smartest comedians out there. And at this point, I don't even want to call him a comedian. I almost wanted to just like he's like a performer. Exactly, dude. So that's something I was talking about. How I think he went from being like, ah, I wouldn't even say he's like top 10 stand ups of mine to like now I, I think he is like for me my favorite like performer of like pro- definitely like our generation like I think he is a national treasure and needs to be protected like he is <laughs> amazing like nobody I don't see anybody doing what he does in like creative entertainment like he's hitting everything like he's writing songs all right so we We've been talking actually off mic about the special a little bit because they they released the soundtrack, which just all the songs from the special, and we've both been listening to it, and like every song's a banger, yeah, and or a bop, and or a slap. <laughs> this song is a slap on my butt cheek. Yeah, dude, my balls are slapping, my head is bopping, my butthole's banger. <laughs> You know, my balls getting banged. <laughs> my balls getting banged by the tunes. It's a good fucking album. Yeah. And I'm just like, goddamn. And some of them, I'm just like, take the jokes out. This is an amazing song. Like the hook, the beat. And it's like, he's just doing it all, you know? Yeah, man. The songs are 
fucking awesome. I've been listening to the Spotify playlist basically since it came out nonstop. Um, let's just get into this though. Um, because this is the easiest, uh, cast and crew rundown we've ever had to do on a film written, directed by Bo Burnham. Uh, we've talked enough about him. Eighth grade promising young woman. What make happy. Just everything that's gold. Uh, music by Bo Burnham, cinematography by Bo Burnham, <laughs> film editing by Bo Burnham. Basically he did everything on this. I, there's a few people here or there that helped with like some, like I think sound mixing and like, uh, it looks like, like color correction, but overall he did pretty much everything on this. And when I had just mentioned his body of work, I actually think that some of the things that he's worked on in particular eighth grade, a lot of that comes back around here and you could really see how his past experiences really help him out and how much he's grown and now basically what kind of skill set he has and how insane that skill set is. Uh, you know, I was actually watching eighth grade recently and I feel like there's a lot of parallels between that movie and this movie, uh, like technically, um, because there's a lot of scenes in eighth grade with Elsie Fisher. She's, she's just in her room on her, on her laptop and the whole room is lit up. I was watching that and I feel like his experience working on eighth grade helped him a lot being able to pull off something like this as good as it actually is. And I remember I was just watching this and I was like, damn, I cannot wait for him to make another feature length film. Yeah, dude. Like I said, it's pretty much obnoxious at this point, how good he is. But seeing what you are seeing, like with eighth grade, I actually really want to go back and rewatch that movie. But as I was watching this special, I've never watched a comedy special and like, been taken aback by like whoa the cinematography you know like and i think you're right like i think a lot of that must have come from stuff that he learned when he was mm -hmm. making that movie because that movie has like you said like it's a lot of like really cool shots and and now you have this in one room basically yet he's creating so many like interesting shots and like the camera itself is telling a story even outside of what the song like He'll be performing a song in it and the song will be silly and jokey, but then the camera's doing things that makes it feel a different way or the, the way the shot composition is makes you uneasy, even though the song is jovial and it, it becomes this other thing where the camera is telling a narrative mm -hmm. outside of the context of the songs. It, it only really makes sense as the whole thing like comes together. That's one of the big things where I was like, this is a lot more than a comedy. This isn't just a comedy special. I actually don't think it should be classified as a comedy special. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, as far as the cinematography, so much of, you know, a lot of his comedy, like we were saying is, is planned out to the T. Like he said, like he, he plans things out very meticulously and this is no exception to that. And Everything from cinematography, the way the camera's used, the way the movie's edited, everything is there for a reason to tell the story. And I, I completely agree. Like, I don't I don't necessarily think this is a comedy special. I feel like you would actually, when we were talking about, like, maybe we could do this, you're like, it's almost more of a, like a character study. I was like, yeah, kind of. But uh, yeah, like as far as like the cinematography goes, I was watching this and... I was thinking it was, I watched it maybe like a week after I saw spiral and I was just like this, this movie that Bo Burnham made in the guest room of like what I think this is a guest house behind his house is where he filmed this because uh, they've used this before. Like actually this it shows up in make happy, but uh, I think 
you know, he, he filmed the whole thing in his guest house. And I'm just like, you expect when you hear that, Oh, a guy made a movie in one room of his house by himself. You expect it to look a certain way. And I'm watching it. I'm just like, this looks better than that shitty saw movie that I saw like a week ago. And that saw movie cost $20 million to make. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean like not only does it look good, but the shots are used for specific reasons. And, uh, which is, which is very cool. Cause it tell, you know, helps tell the story helps, uh, get the meaning across of what he, what he's trying to convey. And like, we don't really want to go into specifics right now too much. Like we'll hit a lot of things, but like just one quick one on white woman, Instagram, the whole song is shot in that Instagram format square. And it's all very superficial stuff and really like what it's commenting on in that. But then there's one moment in that song where it's the girl and she's basically like talking to her mom who's passed and actually having a like real moment. And in that moment, the camera goes to widescreen and it's literally, it's the girl opening up and the camera's literally opening up. And I'm just like, stuff like that is like, awesome story like visual storytelling yeah dude it's fucking brilliant because like he does the aspect ratio thing and like um facetiming with my mom but that it's just like it goes to like an aspect ratio similar to like a phone screen Mm -hmm. but it's not really telling the story as much as like what you're talking about and i love that like you pick up on that and then like as soon as she starts being superficial again it starts closing in and going back to the square and then the song continues and it's back to all like the you know the stupid shit yeah yeah but like things like that, like you would only get, you don't really get to see that and you don't get that piece of the story or or at least like that storytelling element when you just listen to the song. But like when you're watching it, it does something It like it has meaning and it has feeling to it. And it's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I, we had mentioned the last episode when we did a quiet place that they use that camera where it's timed, um, you know, for a specific scene, you plan it on the computer and you have to act perfectly to it. I was just wondering like while watching this because it looks so good and you know that he did it all by himself. There's scenes where the camera does like, you know, track in and like pull back at certain moments and it's all very specific. And I was like, either either he's using like an 8K camera and he's just editing it in post or he's using one of those cameras where you can actually like program it and he's just nailing the performance. But like regardless, it's him in a room and it it looks so good. Like I'm actually very surprised because I feel like you would expect it to look a certain way. Yeah. Getting off the the cinematography though, I don't know if you if you had anything in particular that you wanted to talk about, but you'd mentioned that it's a comedy special or being labeled as a comedy special. And I think a lot of people are going to come to watch this for the laughs, and they're like, "Oh, it's Bo Burnham. I love his comedy." And there's a lot of moments in this that are going to make you laugh a lot. Um, I started watching this at like, like super late at night. I was trying to be quiet. I had like just taken the dog out and I was like, I'm just going to like turn on, watch it a little bit. And then there was a few parts that I was losing it at. So there's some very funny parts, but then this special gets very real and like very honest more so than anything else that he's done. And it completely like changes this from like a comedy special to something way more than that. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that like back half of the special really see a shift and listening to the soundtrack as much as I have, like I'm start, I started like noticing, well, all right, before I go into all that labeling it comedy special, this special is written like a fucking movie, I guess in the sense that it's not like predetermined. Like it wasn't like he wrote this whole special and it was always going to be this, but I think that's what makes it so interesting is that 
if you just listen to the soundtrack straight through, like the way it's ordered in the special, it almost tells the narrative in a much like cleaner way. Like you can see the trajectory of the of the narrative in the songs because it's going through, it's going through, and it's just like, you know, white women's Instagram, FaceTime with my mom, um, stuff like that, uh, where it's like the songs are not too personal. Like they're like I think White Woman's Instagram is a song he could have made not during quarantine. I'm not saying that he did that. I'm just saying that sounds like a type of song that Bo Burnham could have written anytime, you know what I mean? Or FaceTiming mm-hmm. with my mom. Yeah. Even problematic. Like problematic doesn't stand out as a song that like he could have only made because of his isolation and stuff like that. But then you have songs like 30 and welcome to the internet. And then um, there, uh, that funny feeling that one, mm-hmm. that, that one, especially it's just like, doesn't, there's not a lot of jokes in there. You, you listen through and it seems like after 30, after that song, yeah, that's where there's a big shift. Tailspin. Yeah. Tailspin in the, in the, all right. So the first like couple songs after that are still funny, but it's like, you know, the feeling like shit one. <laughs> yeah. And then the one where he feels like he's, he's like having panic attacks again. And he's like, die. He feels like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And then it's just all doom and gloom. And it went from in the beginning, these songs of just like, you know, like, oh, I made you, I made you some content or like, here's, should I be joking at a time like this? And then like, here's some silly jokes and stuff like that. Still like introspective and everything. But then this tonal shift happens where it goes from, this is silly. This is fun. We'll, we'll get through this. The world's on fire, but like, it'll be okay to just, no, it's not okay. Like, it's never going to be okay. Like, fuck it. Like, seriously, fuck it. And you just, you see this, sharp decline at a certain point and even the songs the songs stop being funny and they feel really dreadful which i love but like um yeah all eyes on me is not a comedic song at all it is just a song all all eyes on me i actually specifically want to bring up a little bit later yeah i got a lot a lot to talk about that song yeah i didn't want to say like i think this special film whatever you want to call it i think it works on on multiple levels because obviously there's the comedic aspect to it. But then also I think it does a great job of projecting on the screen, like the mental state, a lot of people in the world during the pandemic, what they were going through, because it does start off. You have those songs in the beginning that are a little bit more, a little bit more fun. Uh, Not that everyone was having fun, but it's like, that's not necessarily something that needed to be like, like you were saying, I think white woman's Instagram could have been done any other time. FaceTime with my mom, I think is, is actually a little more relevant because a lot of people like they're just FaceTiming each other and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like I think this is supposed to show a lot of how, you know, the mental state of a lot of people and the mental decay throughout the entirety of the pandemic. So I think in that it's, it's very relevant, but also I think mm-hmm. it's commenting just on a wider scale about people's mental health. And I think there's a lot of specifics towards him but I know that he also had said that when he started having panic attacks on stage, uh, you know, whatever it was, I think 2013, I think is when he said that they started, it, it was, he was having a lot of trouble and like, it, it feels like isolating and he felt like it was very specific to him because he is going out on stage and doing a performance in front of 3000 people and he's famous. And 
he found out that finding out that other people were like kids would come up to him after like the show and be like, Hey, like just wanted to let you know, like your stuff really resonates with me because I'm going through like the same thing. He said that helped him a lot. And then also like, I guess mm-hmm. he found out that, like Barbara Streisand like was dealing with the same thing that helped him. So I almost feel like, yes, it's commenting on the pandemic, but also I feel like this is going to age very well because it's coming, commenting on something much bigger than that. And I almost feel like it's like, I'm putting this out there because I know that it's going to help other people the way that they help me kind of, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that I liked about it so much is there's a lot of themes that resonate. Like I don't get panic attacks, but something that we've talked about off mic about this special and on mic on the show about various other movies is for me, I think one of the biggest character archetypes that resonates with me is the sad clown. That idea of just the, you know, always joking, always, you know, trying to make other people laugh. And then behind closed doors, it's just like this. this, There's the darkness, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think he does such a good job putting it in words and targeting it. And I think he did a really good job with like that last song and make happy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And then I think a lot of those themes are carried over into here. And are readdressed, which is interesting because in the beginning, he doesn't really touch on them. But that's how he ended his last special, which we'll get into the ending of that special and how it ties into this. We should actually get into that soon. But yeah, I love the way he like vocalized and showed what that looks like. And I think I'm going to ask you this question. And then from here, I think we should just start like talking openly about everything going deeper. Yeah. It's a two-parter. What is your favorite song on the special, but also what is, like, the funny? Like, which one do you think is the funniest or, like, your favorite one to listen to, but what is, like, your favorite song? Or if they're the same, because for me, they're not the same. But it's tough because um, there's a lot that I like about this, like, just the whole thing, Um, and for different reasons. And mm-hmm. I, I did kind of just want to just say this because we're probably going to get into some deeper stuff and leave the general, but just in general, like this special made me laugh a lot, but it also made me think a lot. And then the craft behind it is, is awesome. And it's extremely like, I feel like it's just very, it's a very thoughtful, like meditative, uh, like exercise kind of. And just for me, I've never seen a comedy special done this way. And it, it really blew me away. Like a lot of Bo Burnham's other specials, they have moments where it makes me think, but this, it actually like affect, like I, I felt things while watching this. Like I felt bad for him. Yeah. And like, there's certain things that resonated with me and like, overall, I really like this and going off of the show or the songs and like, which one's my favorite and which one do I think is the funniest? Um, it's tough. Cause there's so many good ones. Um, Maybe funniest. It's tough, man. I re- I think problematic is my actually my favorite song. Okay, but there's a few like I really like that funny feeling. I think that is a just like a beautiful song. Yeah, and all, all eyes on me. I actually like a lot, like because I feel like just the tone of it is is very powerful, and there's a lot of parallels to it with Make Happy, which I do want to get into that like make that song hit harder for me. But um, maybe funniest would be like White Woman's Instagram because I was just like. Felt like it was very, very honest, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or just funny. It's so actually, I was watching it with Brianna and like that song came on and she was laughing, but then she was like, 
She's like, what else are women supposed to post on Instagram? I was like, why are you feeling attacked right now? She's like, kind of, because there's a lot of things that I've done yeah. <laughs> that are in this song. I was like, yeah. So I don't know. I think I think problematic is is funny, but also just a jam. It like is the, a jam. The, the, the last part at the end is so good. So I think overall problematic is oh, my favorite. And the hook, maybe white women's Instagram, I think is the funniest. The hook is so good, man. He's got hooks in all of these songs and they're all catchy as fuck. But that one is my favorite hook. That is, that is for me, the funniest song. And it might even be like the favorite because of how good that hook is. But I think my favorite is all eyes on me. Yeah. It's the one I listen to the most because it just sounds awesome. Like it's, it sounds, and it sounds like it's a real song. Like it's not a joke or anything. It's very simple in terms of like the lyrics, Mm -hmm. but not in the meaning, like the meaning, like there is depth in there and it is coming off of like almost continuing a theme from make happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you want to start talking about that? Because we can jump into that, and I can I can go a little bit further. Yeah, elaborate. I do. I was, I was gonna say like I think the themes that he wanted to continue off into this are not a coincidence and stuff, but there is the parallel of make happy ends with him going into this room. Yeah, and then this is entirely shot in that room, and I feel like that is something that he could not have predicted was going to happen. Like no no one five years ago is going to be like, hey. Um, yeah, I have this idea where I'm going to do my whole next special in my house because I'm going to have to, because we're going to be in a pandemic and this is like, right. He, you know, that was just something that is a coincidence to happen. But I actually think like the, the themes carrying over between the two, like it is kind of a nice through line, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) nice being used lately because being trapped in your house for a year sucks. But, (laughs) um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a nice through line. And then, yeah, the, the ending of make happy has so many, like there's so many things peppered in that last song that play bigger roles and are expanded more and get a bigger treatment in this that we can get into. Yeah, dude. Cause that song, you know, it starts off. He's just, that's the song he's joking about. Like his hands too big to fit inside a Pringle can. And then like all the, he get, he made her got a burrito somewhere and, got all this stuff in it, but then they couldn't wrap it. It kept breaking. And he's, he's like complaining about these things. He's talking about like, I saw Kanye West and he was ranting at a show. So he's like, I'm going to do that. He's complaining about all these little Mm -hmm. things. And it's, it's really funny. Everybody's laughing. Then like the lights come down, the song's still going and he starts getting real. And he starts saying, he's like, you know, like I'm joking about all of this stuff. He's like, but what I'm, but what I'm really um, upset about is you. Yeah. And he's talking to the audience. He's like, because I need you. And I need you to love me, but I hate you. And I feel this pressure. He says, I fear you. Yeah. I fear you because I, I have this pressure of like, you spent your, you give, you're giving me your night and your time and you're spending your money to be here and I'm going to perform for you. And it's what I want to do. But what am I really, and who am I trying to make happy here? And that's like, he says something, something along those lines of just like, I don't know if I'm if I'm here trying to make you happy or or if I'm trying to make me happy. Yeah, he says uh, there's there's one line where he's basically just like you all come out here to laugh at the kid who's trying to like give you what he can't give himself. Right. There's yeah. another moment before that where 
you know, going off of how he feels like pressure to make everybody happy and all that stuff. He has a one part where he basically is just like, don't stick with me through thick and thin. Like if I, if I stop making you laugh, just kick me to the curb. And he's like commenting on like how the industry is like, no, if he, if he stops making people laugh, then no one's going to give a fuck kind of thing. And it's yeah. wearing on him. And, uh, even the joke in that song where he's talking about the burrito, like he's like, cause he, he's like, yeah, like I, got this fucking loaded burrito and then like nothing would stay in it. And he's basically just like, if I, if I knew it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have asked for the peppers or whatever. And then the chicken yeah. and stuff like that. And it's basically just like, if he had known that, uh, like the things he was doing when he was like a kid g- getting bigger, was going to lead to all this baggage. He, he wouldn't have asked for it. Right. And, and then there's just like another thing, like in that moment where he's like, he's being very real with the people and he's, he's telling them like, yeah, like I, I fear you. I'm, I'm dealing with all this stuff. Like no one's saying anything. Yeah. No one's laughing. No one's reacting. No one's laughing or anything. And then he basically just like goes back into like the burrito thing. He's like, I don't think I can handle this. And he starts going to the burrito and then everyone starts cheering and stuff like that. Like it's almost like no one really, uh, yeah. like he even ign- mentions like, before he's just like, he's like, but nobody wants to hear that shit right now. So let me just bring it back. And then he brings it back. And then everyone's like, and the lights come up and everyone's like, woo. Yeah. And it's like, this guy is just like pouring out his heart and soul to you. And then exactly what he's talking about, how it's just like, you only care if I'm like dancing for you, I'm the dancing clown or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as sure enough, as soon as he goes back to being silly, everybody like cheers, claps, laughs and all that stuff. And <laughs> I think what I love about all eyes on me is him kind of like acknowledging what he's talking about in that song, but at a different angle. Cause in that he's like thinking it, tossing it back and forth about like, you know, like I fear you. He's like, but I need you and like this and that. And wh- what do I do? Blah, blah, blah. And then all eyes on me, especially at the point that it comes in the show feels like it's like, okay, I wanted to come back. Then this pandemic happened. Now I'm isolated after I chose to isolate myself. And then I'm finally ready to reenter the world and the world shuts down on me. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to this point of, you know what? I do need you people. And so like the whole thing of like all eyes on me and, and also the way it's shot and how close it is to him and like the way that that's framed up and he's just way in the face and, and like that whole, like, are you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? And like, it is unsettling just how close you are. And he's looking straight at you, like through the camera lens. And, um, and that song to me sounds like it's like, it's like this thing of like, for the love of God, like I need an audience again. I need, I need to know that there are people out there. I need to know that, that you're there still mm-hmm. that hunger and that like kind of desperation for like the audience again. And, and just like that feeling of like, I'm not, my creative output is killed. Like I don't have it anymore. Like I need, I need it. And like, even before that is when he's talking about like, he's like, well, this whole f- the fucking thing is pointless. He's like, I've decided I'm going to work on this. Uh, forever because if I stop (laughs) then I stop and I don't have anything else to do so I'm not even talking to anybody right now because this is never going to get released because I'm never going to finish working on it and that's that so fuck you Um, fuck yourself goodbye Uh, whatever let's just keep going (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like none of that feels too staged like even the scene like later on when he's trying to say that it's been a year that he's been working on it and he can't really get it out. And he's like breaking down and he starts crying Mm -hmm. either one of two things. Either he is being completely real. And that is a very honest moment. And he just decided to keep it in 
or he's the greatest actor ever. But either way, it's amazing. See, there's a there's like a blurred line like in this between like what's real and what's performance art. And I feel like I feel like the whole thing is so meticulously prepared that I think those moments are moments where he's performing. But I don't think the way he's feeling is manufactured. Like, I think he's actually feeling that way. And what he's right. telling is real. Um, but I don't think that's like an actual scene of him breaking down. Um, but I will say this, though, like, I think that there is a an actual visual change in his performance that might not have been intentional at the longer it goes on, the longer it was filmed, that is almost like a physical representation of like how his mental health has gone. Um, Cause there's like nuances to his performance that I'm kind of like, like, I don't know if uh, like, I think you're really good, but I'm also kind of like, I, I think we're actually seeing you actually depressed on screen doing this. Um, oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, so you know, I, there was, cause I know a lot of people were like, after the fact, like they wanted to reach out, they were on Twitter, like Bo Burnham, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm okay. So I mean, I, he, uh, I think this may have been like therapeutic for him to get out. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't think we were watching literal mental breakdowns on screen, but I think they were moments that he wanted to capture because they were things that he went through or things that other people would like benefit from seeing that they're not alone in one thing I wanted to say though, just going off of the song still at the end of make happy, there's that theme um, that we were talking about where he, he feels like he has to be like on point for everybody and make everyone else happy and, and be perfect and stuff like that. And that's like a, that's a theme that runs throughout this whole special is being perfect and showing yourself to the world as being perfect. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why I was like, I don't think white woman's Instagram is a song that like needed to come out at this time, but I think it fits the themes of this very well because there's like a, there's a quote that I, I read a while ago about social media. And if anyone follows me on Instagram, you'll realize that I don't really post that much. And it's because like, I don't really like social media that much. Yeah. And the quote's basically like, we are the saddest generation with the happiest pictures. And so much of Instagram and everything is so like manufactured. And that song is basically like showing how perfect people need to be on social media to present the, like to give the appearance of, Oh, my life is, is so perfect when really it's not. Yeah. And everybody knows it, but nobody believes it, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, there's, two moments in particular I can think of off the top of my head where he performs a song and obviously it's the take they used in the special. Cause that's what you're, you're watching. But, uh, he chose to leave in at the end of it, him basically just being like, scratch that I'll do it again. Or he'll be like one more take and stuff like that. So it's like showing him like the constant need to be like, I need to fucking nail this. And like, there's no way, like t- tell me he didn't, intend to leave that moment in there for a reason, you know? Right. Oh, it's all, everything's for a reason. Actually too, you know, there's like a, a blip of bow early on in oh, the yeah. special. Did you mm-hmm. pause to see what the blip was? It's uh, it's, it's him right in the streaming chair. Right. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant because it was really early on when it happens and it happens before the streaming chair bit happens in the special. Yeah. 
So even if you saw it that first time, you'd be like, why that? But yeah. then like that context of like, basically like, is this like the simulation essentially where it's just like for a quick blip, it's like, oh, Bo is playing that game. You know, it's like he's watching himself type thing. Like I was like, oh shit, that's really cool yeah. idea. I think uh, everyone's, I've seen people do it already. Everyone's like, oh, he's like referencing Fight Club. And it's like, like I don't I don't know if he's being like, oh, I'm going to reference Fight Club. But I think he's taking the same idea. For, like people know how it's done in Fight Club. So they're like, I'll, I'll use that same effect. But it's like the way I took it was at least like people know Bo the performer, mm-hmm. but people don't know Bo the person. And so like in that moment with the streamer, it's almost like you're seeing Bo the performer and you're seeing how he feels on the inside in real life like and in that moment when it flickers it's like you're actually seeing two people on screen at different times during the special if that makes sense yeah so no i thought that was i thought that was very smart and when it happened i was like that was kind of creepy <laughs> like yeah like i didn't know what it was and then i watched that scene I, how many times have you watched this because i've actually watched this like i've watched it two times all the way through and then i've like skipped around a bunch like I've watched it twice all the way through and I spent two straight days where I worked with my headphones in and I listened to the album all the way through for eight hours at a time. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically the same as me. But um, I'm trying to think of what, what else I wanted to talk about. But yeah, just just in general, like I think this special serves as, as a way to like show you that other people are dealing with different things. I think this comments heavily on the way we interact with like the internet and how the internet has like almost like made us disassociated or whatever with reality. Like there's the one part where he's actually talking about like, he's like, we just go to the surface of the real world, get our pictures and return back to the digital world and stuff like that. Like there's just, there's a lot of themes in this that I think are very important that he's talking about. And on top of that, if you're uh, a schmo and you're, you're not in, <laughs> in into it for the, uh, the actual meaning and stuff, there's, there's enough there where you're going to laugh a lot. Um, yeah. Like, I, if you can't tell, we really like we've talked about this for like an hour now and it's a comedy special. There's so much to talk about. It's it's really, really good. Like super impressive. Yeah, very much so. But now I have a question. Oh, what's that question? Because it is, a, I guess, a comedy special. Is there even a tomato tomato for this? Oh, oh, there is a tomato tomato for this. A bow tomato bow motto. Oh, <laughs> Um, okay, well, if you want to do Bomato, Bomato, the critics, uh, it's got 20 reviews. Okay. Something. Yeah. It's coming in at a 100%. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, A plus. Um, and then with 500 plus audience review, Bomato at 94. So you got an A plus to an A. Okay. Well, guess what? What? I'm going to go Bomato. Mm-hmm. Because I got to give it an A plus, man. Yeah. It's the best fucking comedy special I've seen in my life. Yeah. This is a. That's not a comedy special. (laughs) Yeah, really? Um, I'm also going Bomato and I'm giving it an A plus. This was kind of tough for me to review and not tough in that. Like, I didn't know if I liked it or anything like that. For me, like, obviously, you know, I gave it an A plus. I really, really liked it. Um, This is one of my favorite things I've watched this year. But also it was. I feel like I'm more so comparing it to other comedy specials and that's why I'm giving it an A plus. Um, Cause as far as comedy specials go, this is my favorite ever. I think uh, this it's so good. Um, if this was more of a straightforward movie, 
Um, it might score differently. I'm not sure. Obviously, if it was more of a straightforward movie, it would just be different by default. Um, but for me, like I'm giving it an A plus and I'm grading that more against other comedy specials, but I don't want it to seem like I'm, you know, shitting on or like belittling what he's done here because this truly is awesome. It's so good. I don't think it's for everybody though. Like I've, I've seen people comment about it on like social media and stuff and they're just like, oh, you should check out like white woman's Instagram. And they're like, oh, this is really funny. Is the rest of the special good? And they're like, I don't really know. It's kind of dark. <laughs> Like okay, people don't want to get real sometimes. I think that's the thing that that could hurt it is that it is labeled as a comedy special, and then the last like fifteen minutes of it, you're not gonna laugh at all. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like really dark and twisted and weird. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about the ending of it. It's the it's the room that he trapped himself in basically at the end of Make Happy, and then this one ends with him leaving that building. And then like the spotlight hits him and people are laughing at him. And then he turns and he tries to go back into the room, but the door is locked and he can't get out. And then that turns out to be Bo watching the special in his home on, on the wall of the room that he just left in the video. And it's like all this meta shit, but then he's watching it and he's smiling. Yeah. And it's like that feeling of like resolve. And it's like, all right, I, I, I finished it, dude. Crazy. It's just so good. It's so good. I, I fucking love it. This is like the comedy special. It's like made for like my sensibilities. Like it couldn't be more up my alley. It's fucking great, man. Love it. Yeah. I'm really happy we got to talk about it. We we actually we should have recorded our first conversation about it, too, because we were just like, oh, my God, like <laughs> going in. I think we talked about everything or most things here. We we went in though when we were talking about like the songs in particular, but yeah, dude, loved, loved getting to talk about this. Yeah. I uh little little peek behind the curtain. I don't know if I've said this on a previous episode. I don't think I have. We were gonna do Army of the Dead for this episode, and then we saw this and we're like, we gotta do an episode on this. And then Army of the Dead was like just another Zack Snyder special. So we did not do that. And it's two and a half hours long. So and yeah, we were like, we got we gotta talk about this. But yeah, I uh I'm so I'm really happy we got to talk about this and I'm glad that we like it as much as we do. And I'm glad that a lot of people, it seems to be resonating with a lot of people because it's brilliant. And, um, like I, I, anything he does, I just, I really like, I cannot wait to see him do like another, like, like movie or something like that or act in something. Cause everything he does, he's awesome. And yeah, we actually, we reached out to Bo Burns people for this episode and they like got back to us right away. And they were like, he's not, he's unavailable, unfortunately. And I mean, that may have just been like, no, but like I wrote back to them and I was just like, all right, like, thank you for getting back to us like super quickly. And I was like, we wish you like all the best though. And like, that was sincere. Like I'm not trying to be a kiss ass. Like he is one of my favorite like actors, performers in general. And I just can't wait to see anything that he does. Yeah, we need another movie. So hopefully that comes soon. But until then, we have more movies to review. I'm halfway through Cruella, so that's going to be coming up soon. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we got some other things in the chamber. Mm -hmm. We're also fastly approaching our birthdays. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we got to figure out how... It was such a pain in the ass to figure out a 31st birthday episode. We better start thinking about a 32nd birthday episode. Yeah, maybe someone can give us an idea because we've become less creative. <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> um, that's the two dudes promise. 32 games. Just expect less creativity and thought and effort. 
Yeah. But but you guys know what to do. You can follow us on social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Go to our website, twodudesmoviereviews.com. All that stuff. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's still a thing. I think we actually got a new one fairly recently, too. I forgot to tell you about that. I'll tell you about that more off air. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're still doing that. We got to hit I don't remember if we said 100 or 75, but we're still doing that. Give us a review. You'll get entered to win some nice stuff. It really helps us for a goal that we're looking for. And um, yeah, just do it because we know you love your two dudes. That's right. You love two dudes and we don't give a fuck about you zombies. <laughs> That's not true. We love you guys. So on that note, suck it swampies. I tell them I love them, then I tell them to suck it.